Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone and welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Outfield Road. Now, as we know, we're doing this new format of doing things once a month, and everything has kind of gone to pot since then. So I'm not sure whether we're doing this right, Ammo, because I feel like, well, I, th- I feel for us and for our own health, I feel like talking about Liverpool as little as possible at the minute is probably a good thing. Um, all, all in all, obviously, it's a very different format, and we've got loads going on behind the scenes. Everyone who's keeping track of what we're doing knows about what we're doing, and the night at the Alley Theatre, uh, and how that's filling up, and the excitement around that. But obviously, we want to make sure that we're keeping things the same in terms of being able to reach out to all of our audience, chatting about Liverpool, chatting about the awful season that we're having at the minute on this podcast. So, what's going on, Emma, and in general, and also what is going on with Liverpool? Yeah, I mean... We started the podcast and Liverpool won the league. Uh, it's a Champions League, sorry. And then we won the league. Um, and we've won every... Ever since we've started this podcast, Liverpool have won every single cup imaginable. Mm. Okay, so let's put that out there. And since we've taken a, a rain check, you know, for podcasts as such, and we, we, we've reined in a little bit, we've been playing awful. So maybe the boys need us to up it a bit more. They need, they need to... You know, because clearly, <laughs> when they've got the headphones on, they clearly listen to our podcast, Danny. Absolutely clearly, you know, and that's what that's what motivates them, you know. Must be, us, must be. <laughs> us two chat and bubbles. Um there's a lot of things, you know, like anything. Um I know we're only calling for about ten minutes um on this episode because we've got a wee bonus, um, which a wee bonus bit that you'll mention a wee while, but trying to sum everything up is just a bit mad. But obviously it's a little bit of a transitional season, you know, with uh, players leaving, the likes of Manny, the backup like likes of Origi. Um Milner coming into you know a, a part of his career now where he really is just you know a twenty minute man, um, and it's a bit of a transitional period. And then we've just had injuries um, at the from the, at the wrong players at the wrong times. We've had really close games. We've had decisions against us, um, and I think the big one for me is a bit of burnout from last season. 
you know, players aren't getting rested. Thank God there's a World Cup and thank God to like to sell it on in it. Still get a rest. And obviously the big one as well is is, is I think Manny. So trying to sum it up in a nutshell, you know, we've lost Manny, who was, who was our tallies man the last couple of years. We've burned out from just playing every single game last season and then them all playing internationals. And then we've just been unlucky with decisions. So we're recording this pod now on the twelfth of October. Um I know it's gonna be released in, in the in the next week or so. But like that Arsenal game, if you look for an example, to get that soft penalty against Thiago and then the penalty that we should have had with the handball, those little decisions are going our way. And um I think it's just a combination of a lot of things, to be honest. Um and obviously but the, the biggest thing and the biggest thing of all is us cutting down the podcast and the boys have lost the motivation. But yeah, what do you think? It's, it's so hard to know, isn't it? Like, this is Klopp's seventh year now, isn't it, in charge of Liverpool? Seven years, yeah. And, like, the reality is, is that, yes, we're having a bit of a blip at the moment. Like, I'm not liking, as much as, as I'm not liking watching Liverpool play at the minute, I'm also not liking all these shouts that people are going, like, oh, we need to get rid of Klopp, we need fresh things. As you said, we have won literally every trophy on the Klopp. Even if even if this year is an absolute flop, and I'm going to say probably the worst sentence that I've ever said on this podcast, even if this year is a complete flop, we've still already won the Community Shields. We've already won a trophy, you know what I mean? We've already got one in the bag. Um, but that, I get the feeling that that's the only one that we're maybe going to see this season. Um, I think we spent a lot of time last season complaining about the World Cup and complaining about the way it's going to be. I think, and I, I would put it out there for anyone to dispute with me, I think most Liverpool fans are going to be happy that this World Cup's happening because I think we do need the break. We need the rest. As you said, the likes of Salah's not going to be playing in it. Diaz is not going to be playing in it. At the minute, the way it's looking, Trent isn't going to be playing in it. Um, and other boys like that. And I think it'll do them the world of good because, as you said, they look burnt out. And to be honest, it also looks like we've been found out a little bit. I think we have very little options. I think injuries haven't helped that either, but... We seem to have very little options. Teams seem to know how to play against us, and we just don't seem to be able to break them down. And we don't have a second option. We're kind of relying on Thiago to pull out magic every single week, and he's not going to do that. He's he's not young enough to do that. He's not vibrant enough to be able to do that. And yeah, I just think it's a little bit hard. And I think there's always that level at which we go, ah, oh, like it's a really rubbish season this season. But I think it's it's also been heightened so much by the arrival of Haaland and how City are playing this season, I think almost makes our season look so much worse because he is so... Because there was all those comparisons, wasn't I remember on the Charity Shield game, there was all that. Oh, Diaz has the same stats as Haaland and all the rest of it. And then Diaz obviously gets red cards in his first game. Haaland has scored, what, like 79 goals up to now this season? The, the man is just unplayable. And I think that just makes it look a lot worse as well. Well, this, you mentioned again, I think that's another good point that you made. It's a bit of a mad season with the World Cup and Haaland getting all these goals and he's made it look like he's playing in under-11 under football. But then also, the, um, Munez has had just a weird start, hasn't he? He's look, He just looks like a boy. And I say boy because he just looks so young. He just looks like a, like a, a player that needs a couple of seasons in the Premier League and yeah. then he'll be unplayable. He just looks raw. He's, it, it's in him. It's in him, but he hasn't had, you know, three or four seasons like Haaland as you know I think he just needs that maybe a season or two to, to bed in and I think he'll be un- unplayable to be honest um, yeah. I think the red card proved that he's just raw he made a mistake um, I think he's one of those players that does play on the edge but when you've got him coming in as a replacement for Manny that was a season pro now, we bought Manny from Southampton as an established player that was yeah. going to get you 15-20 goals and he upped the level 
But I think the thing is with Nunes, he's not quite at that level where he's ready to get 20, 25 goals. He's just not. Um, obviously, the injury Volta Diaz has hurt us. You mentioned Thiago there. Good point about Thiago. He's at that age now, somewhere around 30, where he's not going to be fit every week. Um, and he, he he's had his injury problems. And don't get me wrong, I think Thiago, if you get 80% of the season out of him, you're doing all right. Yeah. And he will make a good impact. But, you know, he can't he can't just rely on him. Then, obviously, you say we've been found out a bit. I think that big the first game of the season against Fulham, where a few things happened and went against us, I think it's confidence as well. And one thing I want to get across is just mentality monsters. Um, the Klopp has, Klopp has started with Liverpool. It's had, it, 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 in seven years, he's been at the club for seven years this week, and it has, he has had dips. He has been dips of form. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of consistent what happens at Liverpool. So before when you said, I don't think we're going to win anything else, I wouldn't agree with that. I think the league's probably over, but stranger things have happened. But we've still got three, three cups to fight for. And there's no team in this world, whether it be the Champions League or the Carl, the Carl and Cup, that's what I call it, and the FA Cup that we're both the, we're defending champions in two cups. Let's remember that. Hmm. There's going to be no team that's going to want to play Liverpool. And, you know, if it turns out that it's a bit of a transitional season and we just we get top four, and we win maybe a cup. Let's say we win a cup. I don't think Liverpool fans are going to be jumping around for joy because we've got that use of success. But that's football. And you know, if you take another trophy off and you be built for next season, maybe get rid of a few players like some Milner. You know, maybe Milner goes and maybe Jordan Henderson comes in, into the Milner role. And you get, you know, you bring Bellingham in, you know, then you've got a, a season under under Nunes and a season under Nunes and um Diaz and Salah, you know combining and getting to know each other a bit more and that gives us a chance and a platform to go again next season I think there will be you know a lot of people leaving at the end of the season I think Milner probably has to go I think the likes of Bobby Firmino I love Bobby but I think his, his time has probably come to an end at Anfield at the end of the season although he's been great this season he's been a rare spark um, and I think the likes of maybe get a bit of dead without the club the likes of Keita. Yeah, you know so I think this season is a transitional season it happens in football and I think um yeah, I think we get our heads around that we'll do okay. But also, it's still early days, Danny. It's still early, early days. Let's remember that. It's not even a quarter season's gone yet. So, nothing's decided in, um, in this time of the year, is it? Yeah, exactly. And I think we can look back to a couple of seasons ago when obviously we had all those injuries. But even that, like Liverpool went and won what? Like the last nine games on the bounce to secure top four. As you said, anything can happen in a season and we don't know what this World Cup mid-season is going to bring to the league and what it's going to do um, but yeah I think there's been a lot of people shouting about the fact that I think everyone expected us to just consistently be on City's level forgetting the the sheer amount of money that City have in the bank like Liverpool as you've said have been working within a budget and have done so well to keep up with City for so many years and yet City at the same time as you've seen, during the summer, I think we spoke about this once before, like during the summer, they managed to get rid of Zinchenko and they got rid of Sterling, they got rid of Jesus and all of these players and still are doing as well as they do because they're able to just plough money into that team season upon season upon season. And Pep has been able to refresh his team every year with at least one or two really big signings. Liverpool haven't been able to do that. So we were always going to be hit at some point with this transitional period and I think that's I think you hit the nail on the head the, the domino effect is coming from that the midfield now is sort of older it's leggy we don't really have I know there was a lot of complaints about it during the summer um, but I think it's sort of reaping its dividends now uh, because the midfield is older 
they're not playing at the same intensity that they were a couple of seasons ago. And then I think what you're seeing now is that Van Dijk is nervous of the midfield that's in front of him. So he's playing a little bit higher, playing a little bit more risky and a little bit more almost cautious in some ways in terms of not playing the way he would have played, letting players run at him and knowing they're going to beat him. He's not relying on his midfield. So he's sort of nervous, which is making the rest of the defence nervous. And that's where, for me, where the, the problems are coming. Because as much as Henderson is the captain, I think the team looks to Van Dijk to set the pace. And if he looks nervous, the team looks nervous. And that's why, for me, like Trent is looking really, really nervous this season. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about him in the papers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's where it's it's stemming from. Like, how we fix that, as you said, is about rebuilding. And that's going to take a couple of years. And that's just the way it is. But I think over the next few weeks, I think if Liverpool can really sort of get the, get the heels dug in and grind it out, it gives us a good chance. Obviously, when we're recording this, we're, we're going to be playing Rangers this evening. Uh, but then after that, we've got obviously City on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a minute because that's going to be such a big game. But then after that, we've got we've got West Ham at home, we've got Nottingham Forest away, we've got Leeds United at home. If they're all even in the current form that we're in, they're all winnable fixtures that that will really propel us up the league if we can get into that before we then have to go and obviously play Napoli in Champions League and then Spurs. Um, but they're all winnable fixtures that could really much that could very much just turn our season round straight away. Three wins on the bounce and. We're right back up there within the top six. Yeah, it's early, early days, you say, Danny, and yeah, City's a big game coming up, so yeah, that could change a lot of things. And then I, I want to like focus for a, a minute or so um, before we finish, just on Trent. See if Trent Alexander-Arnold does not go to World Cup. There isn't going to be one Liverpool fan in this world unless you're a Wolf, right? Unless you're a really bad Wolf. And people... If you don't know what that is in your Liverpool fan, then you need to learn. Okay. <laughs> and you know you can't Google you can't Google this shit, excuse my French. But unless you're a wolf, there's gonna be one Liverpool fan in this world that wants Trent to go to the World Cup. So let him have a rest. Yeah. So I'd rather him have a rest at home, you know, doing what he wants. You no, know, he's twenty four years of age, he's played about five years of football in a row to break. Mm. You know, then go go and sit on the bench in the World Cup. Well, that's that's not gonna be you know, I don't know if personal aspiration job, that that's gonna be no good. Salah needs a break. Diaz is obviously he's got this injury now, so we I think he's coming back just before the World Cup. So that you know that'll be an awkward one with him. Um, but yeah, I, I hope the likes of Bobby don't go to the World Cup, not not in a bad way, but don't want him playing. Mm. Oh, he's used to going him to get injured because Arsenal. So no, actually, that's bad. I don't want to get injured. <laughs> I want to be burned out, you know. But the, the point of what I'm saying to you, Danny, is it's a mad season. It's early days. Um, but what I can say is like, well, I just want to welcome. Manchester United fans and Arsenal back to the party because um, it was really boring without them. Do you know, I didn't realise Arsenal fans existed until a couple of weeks ago, to be honest. Um, and as for the Man United fans, you know, let's give a shout out to Johnny Fahey, friend of the podcast. Um, the man hasn't texted me in about a year. I've had about four texts this week often, you know. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we're all sitting here, we're, we all live in the island of Ireland, you know, the ones over here know what the banter's like. And uh, we all know that the United fans are back in the party. So, at least there's a little bit of banter about. And, um, yeah, that's all I can say. Is uh, It's not good for my mental health at the moment. Um, my mental health awareness week, what I can say is that um, I've been thinking a lot about it with Liverpool. But, in saying that, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic as ever. And uh, I think come, come City this Sunday, I'm not too sure if the podcast will be out in time. If it is, um, 
then come on Liverpool against City. It's just a game that can start our season. Um, but yeah, yeah, hopefully we don't get beat anyway. But I, I've got a good feeling, and I fancy Mo Salah to come to the party against City and um, those other games: West Ham, Forest, Ajax, Leeds, Napoli, and Spurs. Um, with Napoli being a home, I fancy us to win all those games. It'll be an interesting one. I think it's going to be an interesting. Like for me, I think the way we're playing them, and I think City are going to destroy us. But either way, I think even after that, we've got a real run of games that could really put us back in contention. There, get the confidence up. Uh, and hopefully we can do something with that. And let's just hope, especially in January, we do we start this rebuilding process that's going to help us, um, especially Jordan, the world, so we can come back fighting after that. Now, obviously, it's been interesting to be able to discuss, and there's so much more that we could say, and we could go into the whole City game and everything else. Um, but we're going to discuss that because we're going to be recording the podcast probably at the start of each month, so we haven't got too long until the next one's going to be out where we can discuss all these things in detail. But we thought for this episode, we thought it was important, with it being Mental Health Awareness Week, uh, we thought it was important that we maybe do a little bit of a discussion on that. Um, So after we come back from the break, we've got a few guys who are going to be joining us, uh, and we're going to be discussing a little bit about mental health uh, and how how football helps us with mental health and all of these different things. Uh, It's well worth thinking about and well worth discussing uh, with the platform that we've got. So... Uh, we'll see you after the break. Thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a bit of a different episode today because we wanted to cover something a little bit different. We've got three guests that have very kindly come on uh, and they're going to speak to us about their own stories, each one of them going through different things, each one of them in different circumstances, um, whether that be career-wise, whether that be businesses, and all these different things uh, that are going to be affected over the next couple of years, as well as what have been affected during lockdown. Um, so we're very thankful to all of these boys for coming on. Um, and the first one, Darren has been on before with us. Um, so Darren is just, for anyone that hasn't heard him before, he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. And then Amal is just going to speak to you a little bit about what you've been going through. All right, Darren, how's it going, Paul? Not so bad. Happy Friday. How's it going? <laughs> All good. Um, Darren, I've, I've been chatting to you a lot recently. Um, I won't divulge too much into your personal circumstances, but I think it's fair to say um, you're a huge Liverpool fan and you're happy that things were going well on the pitch. But recently, with lockdown and stuff, um, it's, it's, it's impacted you, your mental health and stuff. Do you, tell, me, tell me where you're at the moment. I hope you're okay. Tell me where, how you're feeling and where things are. Yeah, well, well. I, I, thanks for asking, as always, very kind. But, um, no, and the reason, I suppose, that you can, uh, or what you're alluding to there, really, is is I kind of went a bit public with my uh, struggles, um, like a week, a week or so ago, um, which isn't really like me. <laughs> um, uh, no, well, it's... it's it's like me to be honest and to speak. I, I, I'm not really somebody who has issues talking to people about what's going on. Uh, it's just the way I've always kind of been. Like uh, I've just I've always understood that in order to fix something, you have to you have to try and get it out there. Do you know what I mean? As difficult as it is, so for me that's not so bad. But um, during lockdown, I live alone. Um, uh, I live I live in uh, which and I live in town, which isn't so bad uh, normally. But it's sort of. It went for months there and it was like an endurance test, you know, where you woke up doing the exact same thing every single day, doing 
the same routine, basically eating the same stuff, not seeing anybody. Um, when when there was no football on, like don't get me wrong, I it seems you I, it broke my heart when it when it ended. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sitting, yeah, you know, <laughs> you put so much uh, when things aren't going well for you. Do you know what I mean? You, you you put a lot of faith and a lot of your hope into the football team. That tends to to happen a lot. Like I, I definitely think that's true. You know, and in some ways. For myself, I know I'm rambling about here, but uh, in some ways, for myself, the the rise of Klopp's Liverpool team is kind of in a timeline with my own sort of mental health struggles, and uh, like I uh, so I got sober 2017 and uh, early that year, and then I moved back to Japan and I started going to Dicey's to the bar to watch the European games during the week, and um, and, I, and you were there many times and. Um, and that was like the first run in the Champions League and that like and it, and for somebody that lives alone, like I could have streamed the games in the house, but I went round to the bar just to see people, man. Do you know what I mean? Just just to share it with people. And we had a wee bit of a European crew that built up over the over the course of the year, you know, and uh and, and you seen the same heads every, you know, during the week. And uh and I suppose I didn't really realise how significant and important that was to me, you know, and uh to, until the lockdown happened, and then I'm in here uh, by myself all, most all of the time. And as you said, when the news of the second lo- lockdown of sorts uh, broke, it was like a, a hammer blow. Like, do you know what I mean? Because there's only, it takes an awful lot of energy to try and keep yourself up going when it's just yourself. Do you know what I mean? So in sort of recapping, the reason that I ended up speaking out quite publicly a couple of weeks ago is because I didn't really feel like I had any other options and I needed and I needed help as simple as that like I and the cool thing that happened as a result of it was that a lot of people reached out and a lot of people sent me private messages and a lot of people that are close friends that have just had other things on you know I mean like everybody has a lot of things on you know they got in touch and you know uh and I was able to go around to one of my friends' house, who's a mank, I uh, can't have it all, and watch the football. Um, but, uh, you know, and I got to go and watch the football with him and his daughter, which was amazing. And, like, you know, and uh, and I went around with one of my other friends and had somebody roast with him and the family the next day. And, and you know, there was some uh, friends locally, like, got me a massage and stuff. Do you know, like, the kindness of people sometimes can be unreal. Like, do you know what I mean? And, like... Uh, as I say, it's. The, I suppose what I'm saying is that speaking out was really valuable for me. Okay, and and in hindsight, now a couple of weeks later, it was more. It was more for the people around me. Yeah. To, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't think that at the time. At the time, I was just going. This is how I feel. I'm at me what's end. I need. They say this stuff like, uh, but the reaction was my close friends actually all sort of came, you know, uh, around or showed up, if you know what I mean. And it was almost like, you know, that they were able to see it, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, I times are tight, but no, I'm t- the answer your question. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well this week. It's been a good week. You know? Well, hey, that's good. Thanks for being so open and honest. And also, so you're a singer, so you're. Yes. I mean, I don't want to. 
disbrand you or not make you sound as good as you are because I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> You're a pub singer. You know, that's that's primarily what you do. You do At gigs. The moment, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so that's, you, you've had your livelihood taken away from you. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, mm. Tell me, so so the fact that, say, let's let's say we're on lockdown for another couple of months, the fact that football's still going to be TV for you, um, you know, because you've had your livelihood taken away from you, you've been through personal stuff, how much does that mean to you that you're actually still able to watch the football on TV? And, and I mean, I don't want to kind of put words into your mouth, but it's like a kind of lifesaver is a, um, just a, a little thing to escape. What, what what does that mean to you that you can watch football the next couple of months despite everything what's going on? Uh, to be honest, uh, oh, come here, it's amazing. And it's, uh, well, it's kind of, it's. we were speaking in our WhatsApp group the last day, me and my friends anyway, uh, about how difficult it was without football because of how your life is built around it on a weekly basis. Do you know what I mean? And like, uh, no, I don't... Routine. Yeah, 100%. And like, even our WhatsApp group went quiet when the, when the football was down. Do you know? Now, like, and that sometimes it, it, it it's like a, an excuse for people to get together. And sometimes it's an excuse for people to get talking where then good stuff or maybe more personal stuff can leak out then, you know, when people are in a chatting about football, first of all, like, you know what I mean? So it sort of can be a conduit to that. Um, so that, that can be really good, you know, but there are, no, the sheer fact that I can put the, the match on the TV, I, you know, it's it sucks that there's no fans there. It really does, like, you know what I mean? But at the same time, the fact that there's such variation in the results and it's all a bit mad and a bit different is, uh, is exciting, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, and in some ways, it sort of suits this post-pandemic world that we're in, you know what I mean? The football sort of gone a bit odd, like, and uh, it's all got a bit mental, like. But um, right. I'm... And and that's that's been so so class, and it has been a bit of a life raft in the middle of all this. Like you know, what I mean, you can still go to the same websites, you can still uh, speak in the same forums, you can still re- listen to your podcast that you listen to every day. You know, your normal, you know, weekly, and like those who like a bet, still put the bet on at the weekend. You know, what I mean, like the whole social thing, and you've got a, a structure that keeps you taking over. When that's taken away from you, that's massive for a lot of people, man. You know what I mean? Like that's absolutely massive. And uh no, God bless the football. Woo. No, hundred percent. Dan, thanks for being so honest. And just to let you know, folks, um we've had Dan on before, I'm sure we'll have him again. He's actually gonna finish um on the end of the show with a song, um, and it's gonna be exclusive to us, The Life and the Times of Me. So I think we'll all very much look forward to that. But next we have on Stephen Buddy, um, who is a business owner. Um, and Danny is going to interview him and chat to him about how things have affected him and some, you know, tough times through injuries and lack of playing football. So I'll pass you on to Danny and Stephen. Right, Stephen. So tell us just a little bit about yourself for anyone that doesn't know who you are, where you come from, what you do, all these fun things. Yeah, not the correct ammo there, but it's Bud. I've told you that too many times, my man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Don't worry, I've, I've had it all my life, so I have to say nothing. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm originally from Fermanagh, uh, living up in County Armagh, just outside of Craigavon. Um, I started my business, SB Sports, uh, back in December, literally just before uh, the whole pandemic really kicked off. Um, it really could have put us out of uh, put us out of action uh, before we really started, but we were able to digress, diverse, and. Uh, we're we're really on the up now at the minute, so hopefully you see a lot more from that uh, and from us in the very near future. 
Um, I suppose from a footballing point of view, whenever um, I got speaking to Amon first about this, uh, I relayed a couple of, uh, I suppose, memories and things that I've had in around football and not even, not even thinking about it at the time. I, um, at the age of 16, I had my first serious knee injury mm. uh, from playing football. Uh, I done my cruciate. And up until that point, uh, like most people who are really into football at that age, it was my whole life. Um, I was playing maybe five times a week over two disciplines between uh, soccer and Gaelic mm. uh, down at home. And I just I had nine months and I just didn't know what to do. You know, and at that time, you're just thinking, oh, do you know what, we'll get over it. And then you just get sort of stuck into a hole. You know, it's uh, it's it's. I suppose it's very hard to it's very hard to describe what it was like, uh, even at that young age. Um, I suppose being an only child at home as well, it was you had nobody really to chat to, and at that time mobile phones weren't really a big thing either. I'm sort of giving away my age now too, but <laughs> you know, but the, but you weren't able to communicate with all your buddies and stuff in the same way uh, that you are now, um, especially when you're on crutches and you're living in the sticks down in Fermanagh, but. Um, uh, I've, I've I've had two knee operations since, and even e- each one of them just hit me hard as well. You know, mm. um, as I've got older, as I've got more sort of ways to stuff, it just it really does bring you down. Um, even the small injuries like hamstrings and things like that, when you're out, when you're out of action, when you can't see the boys, uh, when you can't train, and all the positive things that come out of training too. Um, they talk about the positive uh, endorphins that your body produces, etc. When you are training. I'm yeah. playing football and that that's just all gone. Um, I'm not really a person that likes going to the gym on my own. I don't like working out at home on my own. Uh, if I have a football to hand, that, that's all I really want to be doing. Yeah. Now, to be fair, over the whole COVID period, things weren't too bad. I have a wee boy of six who is as football mad as I am at the minute. Um, I probably should mention at this point as well, I am the token mank. On the podcast as well, so <laughs> who'd have thought we'd ever have this thing? I know <laughs> there'll be no slag in there. We only conceded six last weekend, so it's all good. <laughs> but um, no, my wee fellas, my wee fellas, not so good football, and we've the set of goals outside, and we just played, we just played constantly over mm. the whole COVID every day, twice a day, and that got me through it, you know. Um, but I do think that at times. And you don't really think about it when you're when you are part of a team. But if you if you lose one of the boys to an injury, sometimes uh, because he's out of sight, he's out of mind, and you don't mm. really think about those people. And I think it's probably something, especially in this day and age, uh, and with all the troubles that we've been through recently with COVID, with being on our own and lockdown and all that stuff, that I think maybe going forward, it's something that I'll be more ad- adherent to and thinking more about that if we do lose one of the boys to injury to always keep in touch always make sure that they're okay make Mm. sure if there's anything we can do for them it's always always the smaller things that make the biggest impact I suppose yeah and it's it's massive as well and I know obviously you're saying about getting this injury when you're 16 and then you're saying now obviously being older you've got your own kids as well and and we're in the same boat like I've got I've got a little girl who's six and a little boy who's about to turn four um, and a little baby as well. And I think one of the things that you realise, especially maybe playing football when you were 16 and you're saying about keeping in touch with the lads if they do get injured, there's not really much focus around young people and mental health. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when you got injured, it was kind of a thing of you got injured, you came home, nobody would have ever have thought of saying to you, 
how's your mental health? Is it no, is it okay? No, because it's it's not something that teenagers really talk about. But do you think it actually did affect you in terms of your mental health at that age? I th- I think so. I th- it's hard. Like um, all those years ago, all those years ago, um, <laughs> I th- I, th- I don't think that we were all so aware about it. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I think because because it is so much more in the public in the public eye you now and so many more people like Darren are maybe talking about it openly you know like again I talk about being in the sticks and from Anna like you don't talk about those sorts of things do you know mm. what I mean if something's wrong you just get on with it and you get on to the next thing and you get on to the next thing and you, you never really sit down and talk about your feelings or talk about what's going on in your head or things like that you know but I'm definitely more aware of it now with having the kids um and always thinking and when you see everything that's going on in the media and stuff like that but i'm always thinking about what are they thinking how has that affected their mind um Mm. and we're very open with our kids and we're always talking to them even at the young ages like we man six three years turning four soon but um we're always talking about our feelings how do you feel today do you know what i mean what was school like how did that make you feel or uh, football was tight today, wasn't it? You took a wee knock, but you get up and get on with it. That makes you strong. But how did you feel up in your head? Was it sore whenever it hit you, but you still got on with it? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, wee, it's wee things like that that um, we are trying to encourage our wee ones to openly talk about. Yeah. Whereas back in back in our day, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that you did at all. Yeah. No, as you said, especially when it comes to kids and especially young lads as well I think young lads you do have that sort of bravado that's like mm-hmm. oh, I should, no one should know that I feel down no one should know that I feel rubbish or like my mental health suffering because mm-hmm. I'm meant to be the big man and people will just make fun of me mm-hmm. um, but as you said it's got to come from a mindset change within mm-hmm. younger people and if Definitely. we can do that with our children and they grow up knowing that it's okay to talk about how they feel and their mental health then that's what's going to change our society long term and get rid of that stigma of oh no, boys don't talk about the feelings. They don't know how they how they feel. They should just get up and get on with it, as you mm-hmm. said before. Totally now, obviously, good. I met you probably about six weeks ago. Now we've done a charity yeah. football game. Six uh, weeks. <laughs> and Stephen provided all the kits for both teams, which was amazing. Um, I'm not going to talk about the result. That's irrelevant to this conversation. Um, but you provided obviously all the kits, and you weren't playing yourself, obviously because of injuries, different things like that. So having the football on TV as obviously it must be a, a big thing for you, because as you said, that's kind of a, a social thing now. Um, so how is it, what's the difference been between no football during lockdown and then football being back on now? Yeah, I'll just correct you on that as well. And I scored twice that day. So I did injured or Did not, I get two, yeah. Don't worry about no it. Way. You must have sneaked on. I didn't even I see keep, you. I keep you right, boy. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> that, just shows, that just shows how little... A little I was concentrating on that game. You've just, it, was, it was that bad for you to just put a clean out of your mind. But, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> no, I'm only messing. Um, no, I think it, it's a massive thing. Like, um, I do think as well that we kind of got into that rut at home because you can only go outside so much. Now, we were blessed. We were blessed with the weather, to be totally honest. So we were outside a lot of the time. Um, but to be indoors... To be used to maybe watching football three days a week, four days a week, uh, depending mm. on who you're following, who you like to watch, or who you don't like to watch, and to have nothing. It was just, it was such a, a cultural shock, I suppose, for everybody. But personally, like, I I would literally watch anybody play football on TV, um, even if I'm sitting doing a bit of work at night, just to have something on in the background. 
Uh, I always need that sort of people talk about a white noise in the background mm. and that football is my white noise. If it's if it's not my team, if I don't have a vested interest in it, I still need the white noise in the background to help me concentrate on what I'm doing. But um, even I found it with my wee fella too, like he would always be watching, when do you think the football is coming back on? And, you know, I'd really like to watch a game. And since it's come back on, he has more of an interest in watching it on TV too, you know, in and around that age. Uh, the kids are sort of they're sort of in and out and in and out but he will just fixate himself now and sit and watch it and I think uh, Darren had mentioned as well about the fans not being at the games like we we would go over to Manchester regularly uh, to watch the games me and the wee and it was so it's so different now like it was the last game I was at was January I think uh, and we would be over once a month and I think that's the biggest shock of everything is not getting that buzz, not having that atmosphere mm. uh, of being at the game, you know, and that's the the we the charity game that we were at there and everything, and even to have a few people around the outside and having a bit of crack at it, you know what I mean? It just it just give you that wee buzz, especially when a man scored twice. But we'll not talk about that again. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but that's that that yeah, I, I do get it. Why it's 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 so good to have it back and to think that a. Uh, Potentially, we be getting get, could be getting into a stage where it's gone again. Like I, I couldn't fathom it now at all. Mm. It would be a real, real struggle again. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think a lot of people agree with you. A lot of people listening to this will agree with you as well. Um, having that, just that sort of the social aspect, because football mm-hmm. is so much more. And I try and explain that to my wife. It's so much more than just <laughs> watching a game. It gives you that social side of things. You're texting people, and I'm, I'm texting people during the match, and and you've you've got that camaraderie and that sort of relationship with people through the football that you're able to chat and say, oh yeah, like, did you see that? And you've got that sort of thing in common because you've all seen the game, you've been able to watch it together. So it's so much more than just watching some fellas run around the pitch. And that's why, as we said, the fans are so important, having the fans there as well, because those, it gives that escapism and that social aspect. Now, last question before we, we move on to David, obviously, as you said at the start, you've got your own business um, that you started just before lockdown. And I think we all know people. My brother is involved in, in the tourism industry and he, he helps run the cabin club over in Liverpool. And so we know a little bit about how much businesses are being affected during this time and probably will be affected for the next 12 months and beyond, depending on what goes on, because it's such a fluid situation at the minute. How do you feel in terms of your your business and how do, just what's, what's your general thoughts about all of this um, yeah, it's it's definitely been tough, I suppose. Um, when we started back with the idea, I suppose we started with the idea back last June of what we were going to do, started to implement it from December. Mm. And um, everything we had planned for probably the six months uh, up to the end of June was just through completely up in the air. Um, we started out, I suppose, initially in the boxing industry. We were due to go to New York on St. Patrick's Day to sell a Michael Conlon branded uh, bobble hat. Uh, I have a couple of thousand sitting over there if anybody would like to buy one either if he's <laughs> listening. But um, that, that just like on the Friday before St. Patrick's Day, we were due to fly out, just done, couldn't get over. So everything just went back down to zero, right? What do we do? How do we how do we make a real go with this, even with everything that's going on? Um, now, and again, there was, there was a mental health aspect to what happened straight after that too. Um, we would provide a lot of boxing equipment for individuals and clubs, etc. And we've seen a real spike uh, over COVID uh, and over lockdown period of people buying their own 
punch bags and gloves for the house to sort of help them get through that period, help them from a fitness point of view, from a mental point of view. Um, and that really gave us, uh, I suppose, a good run over that period. And um, we felt, I suppose, internally as well that we were helping people through that too. Um, we had to sit down, reevaluate, see what we had to do, and we're just implementing now. Um, we were able to bring in a couple of brands. A couple of brands contacted us, mm. um, and we are we've really aligned ourselves, I suppose, alongside Kappa now as well in the north mm. of Ireland and in the UK. Um, obviously, the kits that we provided for the charity matches Kappa, and the guys have been great with us. Have given us every opportunity to sort of go out there and. Uh, push the brand and have give us real good support behind that. Um, I think people in our position sort of only starting out small, not big stock. We should get through this period okay, mm. but I fear for the businesses that maybe carry a big stock holding behind them that have invested a lot up until COVID and the plants have just went poof, completely up in the air. Yeah. So I think from a business point of view, especially the sports retail business that we're in, I think it's going to be very challenging, I think, for the next sort of maybe 12, 18, 24 months. I think that, unfortunately, we will see uh, the high street stores, especially the individual ones, uh, disappearing. I think that it'll be survival of the fittest. And I think those with big clout behind them are those that maybe wouldn't have been carrying that big stock burden that I talk about. I talked mm. about uh, will get through this, but I think everybody else in the middle there are going to struggle and struggle hard. And that's across every industry as well. You know, yeah. um, I know the government have tried to help in certain aspects, but there are a lot of gaps there too. in a lot of industries, uh, we were no different to that um, as well. We've had to just sort of, I suppose, seal our own ship throughout all this without any support from that. But uh, hopefully Touchwood, uh, ourselves and a lot of other businesses that are struggling or maybe fighting to get through this, will get through it. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and I think it's important, especially even on this podcast, it's so important that, that we don't only just talk about this, but we also are proactive in being able to help as well. And as you said, one of the things that is being hit is local businesses and we can turn around and say that we support mental health and we want to be able to help and promote positive mental health. One of the ways in which we can do that is by supporting local businesses. Um, so it's important that we do that. And that's why we're going to have everyone's details up on our Facebook page and on all of our stuff throughout the next couple of weeks. If it likes your business and what Darren's doing as well, um, it's important that we make sure that we promote that because uh, I think local businesses are going to struggle and local businesses and high street retailers, local businesses are sort of the bread and butter of our society. They employ local people and it's important that we make sure that we push that in order to be able to, and, and it's a way that we can help positively in terms of people's mental health, in terms of their business as well. So thank you very much for sharing that, Stephen. Really, really appreciate it. Now, last but not least, we have David Brady. Thank you so much for being on, David. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and then Ammo is going to interview you. That's no problem. How are you doing, lads? Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having us. Um, yes, I'm, I'm David, uh, as you've already alluded to. Um, I'm 32. I'm from uh, Lisburn. Um, recently, for the past month, I've sort of started up my own sort of journey um, in regards to sort of promoting male mental health. Um, and I sort of derived from lockdown. Uh, lockdown, uh, like most of us, has been very tough, very hard. 
Um, for me, um, I'm recently going through separation. I'm recently selling the house, and I'm back living with my dad. So it's been 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 a wee bit of a shock. However, during that, there's been a wee bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, and that you know, I found the time to go see seek help in regards to I lost my mum last year as well. So obviously, with them, a lot of grief. And like most males, macho, macho, put on a face, everything's okay. Well, in actual fact, it's not. So I decided to seek help, reached out to a, a local counsellor who specialises in NLP, which is Neuron Linguistic Programming, just to really find out and understand my behaviours and why I was acting the way I was acting. And then that led to me doing my own sort of journey, which was using my passion for photography um, alongside sharing my journal entries um, just to really help promote male mental health awareness, just to make people aware, you know what, as a male, it is okay to feel sad. It is okay to cry. At the end of the day, we are only human. So it's really just to promote that both on a you know local level and, and obviously speaking to yourselves just to, to reach further afield. Um, obviously, to relate back to the football side of things, uh, I still play football at the grand age of 32. So I'm still young, young Piero um, or young Scorsi, I just think. It's not the case. Um but yeah, so like in, in terms of, you know, the balance of playing sports, as you know, the guys and the lads have already alluded to, you know, the social element is, you know, you know, monumental. Um, you know, you could really go to a football team not knowing anybody and you'll pick up some of the quickest uh, friendships you'll ever have. Um, so definitely human interaction has been a, a big thing for me in terms of uh, being able to, to grow as a person, but also be able to share my stories. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a bit of background there. <laughs> David, tell me this. Who, who do you support? I'm, I'm not well sure. Uh, yeah, I'm a big United fan, so yeah. Um, oh, so it's Stephen. Stephen's got a wee friend there. He's, uh, he's, he's, he, you could say he's got a wee buddy. He's got a buddy. He's got a buddy. Yeah. I but so so um, I've had a lot of people over the last week or two um, on the joking side of things with football. So what one word I haven't heard mentioned, um, and what I think this word goes hand in hand with football. And you tell me your opinion, David. Is banter. Yep. So me and Danny are doing, a, you know, it's a Liverpool football club podcast, but it's primarily a football podcast. So there we are, and he's on the first United men on. Um, we, we've had the United men in the past, so don't 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 think that we we we, 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 we didn't want his or anything like that. We've had United men in the past, and we will continue to do so. At the end of the day, we're all football fans. Um, yeah. But the banter side of football, so you know, United got beat six one. You know, um, I was sitting there last week on social media. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not going to say nothing. And I was sitting there, and I was sitting there, and you know, I went to my football group, and I just started slabbering. And I fully blame the person to blame for Liverpool getting beat seven two by Aston Villa last week is me, no one else. Because I went to the group and I just slabbered, didn't? And 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 I deserve my own. So, see the banter side of things, David. How do you find like everyone's sitting here laughing their off because everyone knows the kind of what it's like and the banter and stuff. And do you find that the banter aspect of football is is you know a massive part of it? Definitely, uh, as, as you know, I've already alluded to in terms of the the social element, um, it's it's pivotal, um, and it's a significant role, um, especially within in football. Whether that's playing, you know, local grassroots football, or whether that's going to your, your you know your local supporters club or bar to you know to have a bit of crack with your mates. So banter is pivotal. Um, I think sometimes as well. I don't know if it's just me. I'm very empathetic, where I am a bit consciously aware. Um, football banter is great, but then there's a line of grey area when there's other types of banter as well, which can sometimes be, you know, taken the wrong way. Um, but in terms of football banter, I like I was exactly in both. Like I bit my tongue 
as I might, uh, you know, not just Liverpool fans, but just fans in general, jumped on the bandwagon, you know, to get and beat, you know, to get and beat. And I've sort of learned over the years, just bite your tongue, just bite your tongue. So I said nothing. And then obviously got the result for you. I was like, you know what, that's karma. You know, and it does happen, you know. Um, but definitely having banter, it's pivotal, you know, just, just to release that, you know. You laughing, for example, you know, as Stephen's alluded to, you know, the, the amount of, you know, um, different types of chemicals that your brain's releasing, you know, the estrogen to be able to make you feel happy, that, that happy feeling. So it is good, especially with banter, that normally most majority of the time relates to laughing, um, which again releases those happy endorphins. So it's only a good thing to have banter, especially, you know, when it comes to football. Um, I think United, you know, we've had it, you know, a, a, we've had it our own way for a long time. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's uh, a change of scenery to, to be on the other side of it and taking the, the thick end of it, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, well, Panther, it's, it's, it's pivotal to have that within, um, within you know, the football now, but also uh, from a mental well-being aspect as well. Well, David, tell me this. So, um, I checked the Instagram out today, uh, which yeah. will, so at the end of the, sh- at the, end of the uh, show on, on our social media, we'll post... Darren's details of his single. We will post Stephen's business if you want to order some of the sports stuff, and we will post your Instagram as well, David, about your, you know, your the journal and the the mental well being of, of things. So tell us. I don't want you to go into too much detail if you don't feel comfortable. What led to this? But tell us what I went to Instagram. That what is your kind of your goal out of this? Um, I see that you you're using a passion for photography, and you're trying to you know help people. So tell me what your goal is. You know. I think the, the ultimate goal, and uh, and you've hit the nail on the head there. Like you're you're very empathetic as well. You're very conscious in terms of you know me not wanting to open up. But I think it's pivotal part of my journey and part part of what I'm doing and continuing to do is to be very open and transparent. I think that's pivotal, especially for younger guys that are maybe looking up to me. Obviously, within the football team, you know, there's lads from 16 right up until you know 40 years old. But at the minute, I've changed transition from being you know one of those young lads into being you know one of the leaders within the changing room. Um, so I think it's more important now for me to feel as if I, I can be open and honest and it can be so I mentioned there at the start of the, the the call there in regards to you know you know why I'm doing what I'm doing it really stems back to 20 years ago so 20 years ago I tried to take my life so I had a hard time in school I got bullied um and I tried to take my life but I'm you know 32 now 20 years on you know I'm, I'm good I'm in a very good place um but but what's happened recently with you know moving house or, or getting separated from from the wife and I'm moving back to my dad's uh, and then going to see counselling you know it's something just you know was a you know just a, a light bulb moment where it's like you know what I know fine rightly that I'm not the only male out, male out there that's maybe going through something or has went through something but you know what that's that's break down that stigma so uh, I decided then you know what I'm going to you know use my Instagram as a platform to be able to promote male or promote male mental health uh, awareness and I'm doing that by using my passion for photography so I love photography now I've done a degree in photography but it was all fine art based so it was quite artsy fartsy and it, it wasn't really what you knew it was who you know within that industry and it's not really the path I wanted to go down so I sort of lost a bit of passion for photography but recently with my line of work you know I get to use some of the best mobile phones in the market and some of the best cameras that are on mobile phones so I started to spark that sort of passion again within photography and then obviously going through Instagram, I bumped into a company known as Mind Journal. So one of the one of the things learning from going to counseling is being able to write down your thoughts. I said, you know what, I've never had a journal. You know, I'm going to go for it. So this company specialises in making journals specifically for for males. And the good thing is they're tailored um, 
so at the end of the, the, the journal that you're writing, that you're able to go out on your own and write your own journal. So they'll give you different tasks um, and different sort of exercises to do in terms of getting you in the right frame of mind to be able to write a journal. So what I said, you know what, I've got a passion for photography and I want to be open and transparent with people to let younger generations know that it is okay to feel the way you're feeling. And I think it's important, especially in Northern Ireland, we, we are in a, a post-conflict or, you know, brought up in a post-conflict uh, area. Um, and there's a, there's a thing known as, you know, transgenerational trauma. You know, so obviously, you know, I, I don't know the background of most of the lads, but like my parents and my parents' parents, you know, they're a different breed. You know, they're, they're a man's man. My dad's a man's man. He's not very open. Um, and that does get transferred across, you know, different generations. But you know what? I think it's time now to be able to break that stigma and barrier. And the only way we're going to do that is having that transparency and having calls like this where, you know, four other lads who are being open and transparent um, about their sort of different situations. So I'm now using my journal as a narrative towards those photographs. So I'm still enjoying taking photos but also using my journal entries as a narrative towards those photographs in the hope that someone out there sees that and is able to open up or go seek, seek the help that they need. The good thing is feedback has been absolutely phenomenal. I've had a lot of young lads reaching out, a lot of lads similar age reaching out, and it's great to see. Um, and the fact that they're reaching out, I get a lot of pride in that. So one of the th first things you do whenever you start talking about male mental health and your own mental health is you're conscious of what people will think. First and foremost, get that worry out of your head. Do not worry because there's no point worrying about something that's out of your control. It's also conscious that, okay, oh, he's only looking at attention. That is far from it. I couldn't care less about likes or attention. The main goal here is to be able to increase the awareness of male mental health um, and also increase the awareness that it is okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry and it's okay to feel the way you're feeling. However, we then obviously then have to reach out um, and get the support that's needed. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you bring it back to sports, you know, professional sports. So, um, You've probably seen, I don't know if you've seen the, the interview with Royal Carl, um, obviously being very open and honest about his time at United and within sports as a goalkeeper. Um, and as obviously struggles and challenges they had around, you know, uh, alcohol. You know, the fact that some of that stature is coming out now um, and being able to share those stories is phenomenal. I need more of it, um, you know, and, and that's where I'm starting. End goal, ideally I'd love to be a motivational speaker or, or in some sort of capacity. As long as I'm able to change at least one person's life, you know, I'm happy as it is. But I want to get to the stage where we can have conversations with other males and not worry about the stigma or barriers that generally sur uh, surround male mental health. Wow. <laughs> David, I if that's your goal to be a motivational speaker, then man, Jesus, I was I was caught up there with it all. Um so we've gone from Darren to Stephen and to David, and we you know we alluded a little bit about my story. Um so I'll bring Danny back in here. First of all, thank you so 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 much for coming on today. Um we've had a little bit of everything, I think, which which is good. Um well, I'm gonna ask you all a question here now. Um and we'll we'll, we'll go in reverse order. So we'll go David, Stephen, and we'll go Darren. Um, guys, say if football wasn't in in society, so say it happened, the lockdown happened, and we weren't able to play, and you weren't able to watch. In kind of a sentence um, right now, what would that mean to you? So David, I'll come to you first. Say there was no football, and you, you couldn't be that lead in the, in the dressing room that you, you've taken pride in. What what would that mean to you if there was no football at the moment? It's hard to probably sum up in a, in a sentence, especially, you know, as, as I mentioned previously about being in a post-conflict area. Um, the fact that football has been able to bring two separate communities together. There's no stigmas, there's no prejudice. 
Um, and really, a, a lot of people rely on that. Uh, rather, for me, football is definitely a stress relief. Or as my counselor said, that's my release valve. So without football, you know, I ain't going to stress, you know, so I'm going to have to find other means and mediums. But because of something I'm passionate about, um, you know, would would be devastating, you know, um, and I wouldn't be the only person feeling that. So definitely mental health would be definitely affected significantly, not just for myself, but definitely for a lot of young lads out there because football is such an escapism. Um, and probably see, you know, worse sleep because obviously football and sports, you know, has a great uh, effect on, you know, having good sleep and more importantly, looking after your well-being. And Stephen, same question to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think that uh, when you're used to doing something, <clears throat> whether it's watching or playing three, four times a week for the last 30 years consistently, consistently, excuse me, um, I think it's just... <sighs> It would be madness. It would be madness to get back into that phase again. Um, I think once once in a lifetime is enough for a lockdown. Uh, I don't want to see enough <laughs> to have to go through that again, to be totally honest. Um, and the same to you, Dan? Uh, I, I think, what, especially living alone, uh, I don't think I could do without the release of shouting. You know, uh, I, 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 I need I need that shout. Do you know what I mean? I, I need whether it be in anger, whether it be uh, being joy, whether I need I need it, I need it, and I, I need to scream at them. You know, uh, it's it's hey, it's not. I didn't choose this path. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's it's the way it works for me. But no, honestly, uh, the I. No, it's amazing. It's amazing that we can still support. Um, and just to make it a, a tiny bit Liverpool centric for a second, but uh, especially for ourselves, I don't shake your head there. I, I'm be, I'm, <laughs> we've all we'll, we've all gone very easy on you, all right. Uh, but it's, uh, um, and, and for more sense to like this is the best football team we've ever watched. Do you know what I mean? This is the best football team that we've ever seen. And, you've, uh, you've never seen the '99 United team, no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, re- I remember it well. I remember it well. Well, all, the, all them farmers that he had run by kicking boys. That's right. Uh, um, uh, that's right. Oh, uh, but, uh, well, 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 well. <laughs> but um, no, I don't want to get into the slagging match. Sorry, we're um, we're recording this this podcast. Um, um, Mental Health Awareness Week, the 4th to the 10th of um, October. So all I can say is I'll finally pass back over to Danny. He's been quiet for a while here. Um, and Danny, how, how do you think this pod has went? And, and you seem, Danny, I have to say now, well, I'm looking at these three guys who have all come out with issues. You seem like a really stand-up guy, Danny. Like I've known you a good, good long time. And you, you're the type of guy that I look at and I think, Jesus. And I'm, I think we're allowed to say, I'm going to say the swear word, and you can edit it out if you want. That guy's got his together. You know, you've got three beautiful children, a beautiful wife. You're loving life in, in the island of Ireland. Um, you, you know, how do you ha- how are you feeling, Danny? And, and and you love your football, so is, is that a big help for you? I think that's the thing, isn't it? And that's what it comes down to. And I think the whole stigma and attitude around mental health comes down to that. Is that when we are going through something, and when we are going through a problem we think that we're the only ones, that everyone else has got it together and we're the only ones who are breaking apart. And the reality is, is that that's the things we look at other people's situations and think, oh, that, that person knows what he's doing. I wish I had a life like that. I wish I had what was going on there. But the reality is, is that everyone struggles. 
everyone goes through difficulties. We've all gone through problems. And that's the thing is that normally when I start to break down into my story, we talk about like, oh, like that person has, has come from a good place. And we look at like family backgrounds and all that. Like I, I come from a council estate background where my mum and dad were um, into drinking, drugs and all sorts of different things. Grew up in a, a gang culture society in the middle of North Liverpool there where you, where you were afraid to leave your house a lot of the time. And I've worked hard for where I am now. Um, and I've gone through a lot of dark times. I think it's a mixture of the fact that my um, family are very much the types of people, my dad and my granddad and people like that were very much like sort of men should be men and we shouldn't be expressing our emotions at all. Um, so I come from that type of background. And then also at the moment, especially, I'm, I'm not really all that big in social media. I don't really post all that much about myself. I just post about my kids, really, uh, which is for the purpose of my family back in Liverpool that don't get to see them. Um, but I don't really post much about myself. I don't post about the fact that a couple of years ago, uh, we, we lost a, a child, uh, which was a, a horrible and traumatic experience for us that, that is still uh, suffering the ramifications of that even now. Um, and I'm very, very thankful for the fact that I've got a wife and, and three amazing kids. Um, but I've had to work hard to get to, to where I am now and gone through a lot of uh, dark situations and dark times that people don't necessarily see. Because, as I said, we only look at the surface sometimes and see people's lives and things that it looks good. Um, and I have a lot of things to help me deal with that. Uh, I think which is good is that trying to be positive, trying to have positive people around me. Uh, as you alluded to at the start of the show, I do a lot of um, exercise, do a lot of fitness, um, which has really helped me mentally as well. And then also, probably most importantly, is that I've got my my faith. I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to church, um, and that very much helps me when I go through dark situations and dark times. That I know that I have something that I can turn to, I have someone that I can speak to uh, and that I have a faith that, that keeps me in those times that are hard. Um, so it may look good, but, but, but obviously like anybody else, I still uh, suffer and have problems. I think it's important to, as you said, be open about that. And, uh, and as David alluded to before, it's important that we speak about it and we are open and honest about what we're going through so that people don't feel that they're alone. And it's it's far bigger than just us thinking, like, oh, I need to be strong. I need to be a man's man. I need to make sure that no one thinks that I'm going through any issues because then I'll look weak. We're far stronger. Like, I, I am very exhausted. It's, it's inspirational to be able to listen to, to these three boys talking about their situations and what they're going through. It helps to be able to talk about it. It helps to be able to sit down and chat to boys. And as you said, it may, it may feel hard. It may feel weird. But at the same time, it's gonna it's gonna help other people and that's what it's that's what's most important that's what's most important to be able to help other people who are listening to this podcast who feel that they're alone driving to work listening to listening to this on the radio thinking that they're the only ones going through their situation they're not and there's people you can reach out to and there's people you can get help from um in order to be able to help you feel better we're going to go through a time over the next 12 months two years with all the ramifications of what's gone on throughout covid where we're Things are going to get worse. We're going to see people losing jobs. We're going to see mass levels of unemployment. We're going to see mental health go through the roof. Um, and it's important that we're proactive, that people with a voice are proactive in getting the message out there that it's okay to, to speak about it and it's okay to not be okay, as, the, as that sort of famous quote has been going around over the last few years. That's it. Well, all I can say, um, Darren, Stephen and David, Thank you so, so, so much for coming on today. It was good mm -hmm. to get the variety and um, good to hear your stories. Um, and yeah, it's been an honour and a privilege to have you guys on. We're going to end up here now, Danny, aren't we? With um, 
the, the life and the times of me written by Dad and Doherty. So thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Times of me, broken down, broken hearts, and been diseased. Take it easy, boy. Some songs leave an image on your heart. She swore once that this one song always hurt because it's all the truth. She said, it Won't burn up, it don't burn up when it feels like.
was running from a love that never stops I could still be running now with it in my thoughts Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.